Hi, and thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm your host, Nicole. You're listening to the second season of Perfectionist. In celebration of Valentine's Day, we are kicking off our Books and Bevy series with a discussion on the romance genre. We will be talking about all things romance, from what defines a romance novel to what is a body, or sorry, a bodice ripper, and do romance novels need a happy ending? (laughs) So today... We're going to just do a quick little run over of our bevies of choice. What do you have today? I am going in with a nice black tea with a splash of almond milk Mm. because that's what I had on hand. Oh, that sounds lovely. That sounds Mm. lovely. Um, I'm on a little health kick, so I've got an orange bubbly, but I also added a squirt of Mio, which is like maybe not like the healthiest thing, but... (laughs) That's what I'm drinking today. Very it's nice. all orange flavored. Yes. Yum. I guess the question is, what is romance? And I have an interesting story. I was going through like trying to read a bunch of romances coming off of like the holidays. We were, I was reading a lot of holiday romances and I was just like in the mood to continue that journey. So I started looking for like non-holiday theme, just more general fiction romances. And... I was just like looking on social media and just Googling it kind of thing and getting a bunch of recommendations, which were great. And I was reading them and it was very much the stereotypical, you have your main characters and it's their journey to falling in love. And then I was like, okay, I want to also listen to some audiobooks as well. So I get a few more, um, just able to consume more faster essentially. And I just selected romance category and what was available for audiobooks under my Libby account. And I Mm -hmm. read through a couple, selected some I liked and started listening to them. And I started to realize like, oh, these are different than what I was expecting. They weren't like the stereotypical two people meet and fall in love. And I was like, oh, maybe romance is more than just a story of two people meeting and falling in love. In my brain, that's kind of like how oh, yeah. I pictured all romances. And some of these right. were like, I have like a couple who had been together for a long time and like starting to question their marriage and like finding that spark again. Or there was one that was more about like family and it was talking about like more like the love of family and stuff. I'm like, so what is a romance? And it just got me questioning hmm. that. Yeah, it's a good question. I think ultimately it's, and this kind of goes back to that question, like, does it need a happy ending? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. (laughs) Well, now we know your answer. It's it's actually kind of like a tragedy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel, with romance elements, right? Oh, Um, okay. I see what you're saying. See, I was on the fence about if it needed a happy ending because I'm like, I can, I get that. But I'm like, then is every love story that doesn't end in a happy ending, are those not love stories then? Because it's like, if a romance is a love story, then why are we kind of disregarding all the ones that don't happen to work out? And that made me sad. I think with romances, I think you kind of have to 
the couple in question has to end up together. So like, for example, we can talk about, say, the notebook, right? Mm -hmm. That's a super sad ending. But it is a romance, right? It's there's the story yeah. about their love and ultimately they were they were together in the most final of ways at the end, right? Yeah. Has to have a ha well, I guess it does it's so confusing. So it doesn't have to have a happy ending, but it does have to have a happy ending. It has to have an ending in which they stay together. Is that what we mean by happy ending? I think so. I think so, because if they split up, it's like, what did I just read? This was not a romance. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, I don't know, it, maybe maybe it was a romance. I, I personally go into that genre with full expectation that this is going to be a happy ending. <laughs> and I do think that most people believe that as well, even according to the Romance Writers of America. I don't know who, what that group is, but they sound very <laughs> official. They say a romance <laughs> needs to have... <laughs> A central <laughs> love story between characters and an emotionally satisfying happy ending, which is like, it's a big ask to ask that it's emotionally satisfying. But I'm also brought to, I don't think this is a book, I think it's just a movie, but 500 Days of Summer, where they're like at the beginning mm -hmm. of the movie, they're like, they don't end up together. And yet, like, you still want them to. But I'm like, does that make it not a romance story because they don't end up together? I don't know. I'm still on the fence. I get what according people say. To the, according to the romance writers of America. <laughs> according to them, it's, yeah, it's out. I did not fit. like that movie. And no? I think I didn't like that movie because they didn't end up together. <laughs> but they're like, we told you at the beginning. <laughs> Why yeah, did you exactly. want this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked it because it was cheeky. And it called you out. It's like, come on, oh, we laid yeah. this out for you. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah, I still didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so with I'm romance, a big romance fan, <laughs> ha happy ending romance fan, Sa yes. emotionally satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in within romance, it's a massive, 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 massive genre, and with that, you have your subgenres. But then you also have tropes. And it's like, where's that? What is what defines a subgenre from a trope? Hmm. That's a good question. There's a according to some readers, I think it's like a rope what I think I wrote it down. Did I? Ro uh, she reads romance, according to um, a blog on her post. She defined a sub-genre a sub as the overarching categorization, whereas the, um, sorry, the trope is a plot device or a theme, which I thought summed up pretty nicely from what I know of those yeah. two. Mm -hmm. I personally enjoy trope-heavy stories. They work for a reason. That's why they're a trope, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like tried and true. It's been tested. People like it. That's why you keep going back to mm -hmm. it. That being yeah. said, do you think knowing what the tropes are in a story helps the reader have a better experience? Or do you think it hinders the reader's experience by knowing what tropes are going to, like the, oh. the, essentially the themes that are coming into play? Could it take away from their experience. Like, is it a spoiler to know what tropes? Because oftentimes right. that's how people suggest books. They're like, it has this trope, this trope, this trope. If you like that, then this is what you're getting. 
Mm-hmm. It is. I, I feel like it's low key a little bit of a mild spoiler for sure. Like, um, I definitely on my reading journey throughout my whole life have never looked up reviews or anything when it comes to choosing a book. I've gone purely on the little blurb on the back of the book. I've even sometimes avoided reading the synopsis because I, I'm just so keen to avoid any spoilers whatsoever. Um, so I just kind of like launch into that genre with the expectation that I'm not going to be like necessarily emotionally unsatisfied at the end. Like that is something <laughs> I really like about the romance genre. That I can trust it not to betray me, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm choked when it does. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> we had a deal. <laughs> the romance writers yeah, of America exactly. put this deal in place. <laughs> like, what did I just read? <laughs> no, <laughs> this isn't what I expected. But I think because like reading for me quite often, like, um, when I'm reading a romance in particular, it's almost like a, there's a sense of comfort knowing knowing you're not going to be like reading this essentially like unhappy ending, right? I feel like life is so cruel and harsh enough that, you know, using reading as a form of escapism for myself, it's nice to like dive into a world where it's like all of this, all of this stuff is going to happen and there's going to be all these challenges, but in the end it's going to work out. And I find that really comforting to read about. (laughs) Yeah, no, I completely agree. And with that, like you said, you can be someone who chooses not to read reviews, who chooses not to read the a synopsis at the at the back. So having the tropes available, if you are interested in knowing what's to come in the story, if you want to know, they're there and there, you can find that information online, but you can easily avoid it if you if you don't like any sort of spoilers whatsoever. Yeah, and it's very, very popular these days. It's very popular these days, even even authors, when they're promoting their stuff, especially on social media, they'll be like, ooh, it's enemy to lovers and this and that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And like, I think I just need to myself get over feeling like that's a spoiler because especially these days, that is how the, people seem to be promoting their work or people who are doing like book recommendations are using that in their recommendations. So yeah, and I mean... It's funny because like with movies, I'm like, yeah, spoil me. I don't care. But when it comes to books, I'm like, ah, no, no, no spoilers. <laughs> I want to experience it. I feel yeah, like with yeah. books, you are so much more invested in the story, though, because it takes so much longer to get through a book than That's a movie. That's so true. And you're just yeah. like in often in the head of the person who you're reading about. So it just becomes more a more intimate experience. So to have it spoiled, I think it means more than in a movie where it's just, yeah. you know, three hours of your life nowadays. But back in the day, it used to only be like an <laughs> yeah. hour and a half of your life that you're like, you know, <laughs> committing to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As I was kind of doing, I did a little bit of research about the uh, genres and the subgenres and the um, tropes and stuff. And I came across something called dark romance, which it's not that I've never heard of that term, but like I read like this person's description of it and then versus erotica. And I was actually really surprised at the definition of erotica uh, because I more aligned it with the definition that was given for dark romance. 
which the dark romance is more like the steamy stuff, um, sometimes even involving things like abuse or non, non, uh, I don't want to say not normal. Blurred lines with consent. Yes, exactly. Um, like more mature themes, trigger content, that kind of thing. Where erotica, it said that the romance is intimacy between characters is the central uh, to the main character's growth in the relationship. So it actually has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with necessarily being a blurred line situation, which I 100%, when I was like always saying like, oh, it's an erotic novel, it's an erotic, I was thinking like, oh, it's a little taboo. But that's not it at all. And I was so shocked when I read that. And I don't know if I'm the only person who didn't know that. I don't think you're the only person at all. Like if you had that thought, I'm sure other people had that thought too. Um, But for me, the difference is very clear because I actually haven't read hardly any dark romance, just haunting Adeline, hunting Adeline, and then Satan's Affair, which is absolutely I wouldn't call that a romance. That that's not a romance. <laughs> but um haunting Adeline, hunting Adeline, that's for sure dark romance. Erotica is very 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 different. Um Erotica <laughs> like it, it's it's exactly what you just described and if if there's any listeners who enjoy erotica, I'm here to hype up Cressley Cole. Okay, she has a series called the Game Maker series. It is an erotica series. It is uh, three books long. And if you are interested in finding out what erotica is, definitely give that series a try. It it's it's good. Yeah. And the main characters, the fe- the females. Yeah, the females, they are very intriguing because they are not like your typical when it comes to well historical romance particularly your typical like virginal types they all are kind they're edgy I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give any spoilers but they might have a like they're morally questionable but you're (laughs) still rooting for them yeah and like yeah yeah, it, it's a really good series. And if you want to, like, explore the erotica series, that's a uh, – or series genre, that's a really good one to start with, I would say. Well, I feel like I have to now because I had it so confused in my brain of what it meant. I feel like I need to read something that is, like, true erotica just so I can, like, cement what that genre really is. So thank Yeah, you I hope you do read it. Yeah, I hope you do read it because I would like to talk about it with you or just at least see what you think, Um, Mm -hmm. especially knowing that you've read Haunting Adeline, you will be able to see the clear difference between the two. Yeah, and I actually started Credence because I'd just seen so many things about it that I had to. I don't know if I'll finish it. I mean, I've seen so many reviews saying, like, who could finish this? Like, this is, like basically being yeah like, I know, know I'm, I'm out <laughs> super curious I have it on my kindle and I'm super curious to to try it and so many people have dnf'd or for those of you who who don't know what that means do not finish did not finish it so I'm curious mm-hmm. to see like yeah, yeah I'm I'm wondering if thing. I'll I'll put that in that category as well I very very rarely don't finish a book so but I mean if it gets to if it's what I think it is, like the way that people talk, it sounds like it gets to the point where it's like it's un- unfinishable, but then there's other people who absolutely adore it and 
can see, yes. I think, beyond the sex part and can see the story. And so far, I'm only six chapters in, but so far, I personally feel like there is a story that is being told. And I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. saying it is a um, a story that I would, like, it's not like, oh, I would want someone I know to be in this situation. But again, these, these are made up characters and made up books with made up stories. So I don't think they need to be something that emulate reality or promote a realistic situation. It's fiction. So I don't expect that out of my books, but we'll see. I mean, I got through Satan's Affair and I can't imagine it gets darker than that because it doesn't have the (laughs) horror and gore element to it as far as I know. Yeah. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we shall see. Maybe in one of our <laughs> videos we'll update and I'll be like, yep, yeah, no, only got chapter 16 and then I tapped out, but we'll see. <laughs> right? <laughs> and now we're getting into a trope rant. And that is okay. the title Enemies to Lovers. And every enemies, every book that I have read that has been kind of suggested to be an enemies to lovers, I'm like, do you know what the word enemy means? I would much more classify them as rivals to lovers. And I know that there is a category of like work rivals to lovers, but I like, that's a separate thing. Cause that's like at work and blah, blah, blah. That's a specific setting or like, um, school rivals, but like so many of these books, they seem to me more like rivals, like people who don't necessarily hate each other, but they're just pitted against each other for some reason. Whereas like when I hear Mm -hmm. enemies to lovers in my brain, I'm like, these people want nothing to do with each other like the the having to be in the presence of that person is like the most horrific torture and if they could escape it they would like that's the kind of enemies to lovers that I want and I have yet to get that but I did hear the cruel prince is like a true true enemies to lover story okay yeah that's interesting because I literally think as soon as I hear enemies to lovers, my immediate vision is like actual enemies, like possibly on in like warring countries. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. cap- someone's been captured and is now like a prisoner of war in her enemy's hands. And then I start thinking, oh, but that's like a Stockholm syndrome thing happening. Or or maybe they're just like two sides who are supposed to be against each other in a Romeo Juliet situation. But yeah. I don't know. Anyway, like, you know what I mean? Like actual enemies. Yeah. Like yeah. people who truly despise each other and want mm-hmm. nothing to do, like not even like be in the presence of that person. Not just like, oh, I don't want to date that person. Like, I don't want that person to exist in the same space as me. Yeah, it's definitely more like I have disdain for you, kind of. Mm -hmm. Like, in general, that's, I think, how people mostly describe that trope. It's not as extreme as, like, what you and I are discussing. Yeah. But, yeah, I totally hear where you're coming from, (laughs) for sure. I feel like there are enough tropes that we can normalize enemies to lovers means enemies, Whereas rivals to lovers means people who generally dislike each other or pitted against each other in just a less serious kind of way. Yeah. Just just putting it out there. Yep. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) So as I was doing my little research, I came across the term bodiced rippers. 
And I was like, Ooh, mm. what is this? This seems interesting. And uh, this is um, an article from the New York Public Library, and it is written by Amanda Pagan, uh, and is, but it was written in 2019. So I'm just going to read a couple excerpts from it, and then I want to hear what your thoughts are on this. So it says, Bodice Rippers were historical fiction novels that usually featured beautiful, virginal, yet fierce and independent women who would catch the attention of a handsome man, an alpha male, who would attempt to seduce and dominate her. Bodice Rippers were notorious for featuring rape and abuse as part of the love story. Bodice Ripper remain a relic of their time. And I thought that last part was really mm -hmm. interesting. Yes. I've read a few and I've enjoyed them. Um, it almost feels like like going back to the enemies to lovers thing because mm -hmm. obviously like the whole like okay, a bodice ripper, are we go like would that now be considered dark romance then? That's what I was thinking because the term came from the 1970s and I thought it was interesting because it said it was a relic of its time, almost suggesting that it's like this type of uh, genre is no longer written about. But it sounds to me exactly like dark romance and that it is not yeah. a relic of its time yeah. and in fact feels like there's a resurgence happening for this type of content. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And I think that like, it's almost like the term dark romance has just been a modernized version for bodice rippers. Mm -hmm. And I think like um, maybe a more eloquent title as well. Bodice ripper sounds pretty sure. aggressive. <laughs> Where dark romance. It, I mean, but it is, it is aggressive though. It is. Yeah. Dark rom romance maybe underplays it a little bit. Like Bodice Ripper, you like get the, the true grasp of what's happening here. I just thought it was really interesting. Uh, I'd never heard of that term before, but definitely feel like they're with uh, the Haunting Adeline and uh, as I mentioned earlier, Credence. Like I feel like these books are becoming more and more popular or this style of book is becoming more and more popular. Yeah, it's definitely a, a phase. I think it's a phase people are going through together. Yeah. It's a trend. It'll be interesting to see what is trending in five years and like how we feel about like to come back and revisit some of our like opinions and see if they've changed in five years. And I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Yeah. I thought it'd be fun for us to take a romance quiz to see which romance book we are. I think that's yeah. Yeah, which romance book you are. And it is the Penguin Random House, which is... I think a good one to do because they're so big. They probably know their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll put a link um, in our YouTube description of our YouTube video if you would like to also take the quiz. But the first question is, um, where are you happiest? A big city like New York or London, mm. a small sleepy beach town, at a glamorous party or relaxing in a cozy cabin away from it all? Hmm. Do you want to say your answer? Or do For you want myself? It to be a mystery? Yeah. I'm going to say my answer. Yeah. Are you going to say your answer? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll say my I'm answer. relaxing in a cozy cabin. 
I'm like between a cozy cabin and a small sleepy beach town. I'm going to say a small sleepy beach town. That's the two I was trying to choose between as well. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Number two, pick your favorite date. Do you want to read this one? Sure. So cooking together, going dancing, spending time at the beach, or exploring a museum. I have to say none of these are be my preferred date. Same. Yeah. (laughs) So it's a little hard because... Um, If I had to choose, I'd say... I had originally selected spending time at the beach, but I'm actually changing my mind. I think exploring a museum would be some what I'd like to do because it mm-hmm. would give you like so much conversation. Yeah, that was uh, I was considering that one as well, but I'm going to go with going dancing because um, Alec and I have actually considered taking dancing classes together. We never, nice. We never went, but we we thought about it and like looked into it. What do you find attractive in a love interest? Someone broody and mysterious, someone athletic and intense, someone funny and charming, someone ambitious and driven, someone complex and secretive. This is really tricky for me. I'm going to just choose someone broody and mysterious. (laughs) I'm going to choose ambition, uh, ambitious and driven. So pick your poison. Whiskey neat Cabernet Sauvignon, tea or coffee, or beer? Ooh. I definitely drink tea or coffee the most, but it says pick your po- yeah, poison, which makes me like feel yeah. like it's something special. I don't know why poison right. makes me think something special, but... <laughs> we need I don't, to, like, Tea, tea and coffee <laughs> seems too, like, <laughs> too mainstream. Like, I have it every day. I know. I guess I yeah, should drink coffee because I have it every day. <laughs> I do and too. La- and but like, if I had to choose, I'm gonna choose whiskey neat. Oh, ooh. I think you're gonna get like a, a darker book with some experience. <laughs> Who knows? Um, where do you like to read? On a train or a bus on my way to work. In a hammock swinging in the sun, in my room, away from the noise, a coffee shop reading and people watching simultaneously, the library. None of those are my preferred place to read. <laughs> yeah, in my room, away from the noise, for sure. Actually, it's always just in the, my living room, but yeah. <laughs> it's the closest I, that, well, one. That's, <laughs> I'm going to say the same thing. Oh, I've never <laughs> even heard of this book. What did you get? I got The Bride Test. Oh, by I've never Helen heard of that book either. Hoang. Neither have I. I got... What did you get? Uh, I'm the Wedding Party by Jasmine Gilroy? Gilroy? I'm not sure oh, how to pronounce okay. that last name. I actually don't find the synopsis intriguing, but maybe I would really like it. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder how the they pick test. it. They seem both to be very, like, contemporary romance, like, pretty stereotypical. Two people meet each other and fall in love. Oh, this one. Yeah, yeah. Like the wedding party, you have a few requirements before you fall in love, but sometimes love doesn't always go according to plan, is the beginning statement of mine. Mine says, like the bride test, you're looking for a love that crosses international borders and all boundaries of the heart. Ooh. Well, 
well, that was really fun. Yeah. I think that's kind of all we had today for this episode of our Books and Bevies Romance Genre Edition. (laughs) So (laughs) thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed it. If you have any romance book recommendations, please leave them in the comments below. We'd love to check them out. We're always looking for new suggestions. Mm -hmm. And we are hoping that you will join us next week uh, when we start our series series on the Arcana Chronicles. We will be covering The Poison Princess, which is book one. It will be a spoilers episode. So if you would like to follow along with that series, um, be sure to read the book before watching the episode or else it will one, not make sense. And uh, two, you'll get spoiled. And that would be very sad. Absolutely. (laughs) That would be super sad. Yes. So (laughs) thanks again. And we hope to see you next week.